Hey friends, welcome to the Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast. A podcast that's not about growing marijuana or gardening, but is about living in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm sure glad you're here. The Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast is hosted by me, Connie Lawson, and airs Mondays and Fridays on your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to check me out on social media both Instagram and Facebook at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. You can also go to our website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com to leave your prayer requests or a comment and to read our blog whenever I write one, which is not very frequently because speaking is my jam, not writing. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this show started. Hey friends, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Connie, and I am so glad you're here. I hope you've had a great week so far, but if you are tired and weary and needing some encouragement, this is a safe place for you. I will do my very best to leave you feeling filled up and not to take any more from you. This is going to be a good episode because I believe that the Lord has something special for you. I believe that he has something special for you if you've had an awesome week or if you've had a downright crummy and pooey week. So, I am in the second category. I am rolling along here at almost 28 weeks pregnant, and it has never been easy this time around, but it has certainly gotten harder. So, uh, (laughs) I know all about the feeling kind of down in the dumps and hanging on by a very large thread. Because I'm pretty larked right now. That with my ankles and the baby and the, the puffy eyes and the lack of sleep. Man, I've got it going. I've got it going on. I want to start off today by praying for us before we get started in the show. Heavenly Father, I just, I'm just honored to get to be here and to get to be on air with these special people. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just minister to each one of them very personally. God, that they would feel your presence and that no matter what's been going on in their week, in their day, in their life, in their year, Father, that they would know very clearly in their spirit and in their heart that you're speaking to them today through this show. I pray that you would give wisdom and insight, that you would give me the words to say, and that you would just continue to um, bring people to you and to further your kingdom, Father. I thank you again, and I look forward to continue to serve you. Pray great blessings on all of my listeners. In your name, amen. So guys, today I want to talk to you. Um, I heard an awesome sermon uh, on Sunday by our pastor, and that is a funny story and would make a good podcast episode. But um, from his sermon, I was compelled by two verses, and I did some more personal study when I got home. And I felt like it would be an awesome thing to share with you guys. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 6. And we're going to read or focus on two verses, verse 30 and 31. I'm going to be reading in the Amplified Classic edition of the Bible. So if your words seem a little bit different, that's probably why. So a little bit of backstory in this chapter, uh, Mark chapter 6. In this book, we have a lot going on. We have... Uh, Jesus going out and doing his ministry and we find him at the beginning of this chapter in chapter 6 not being welcome in his own hometown, the town of Nazareth. 
and being rejected very openly by the people there. Um, Jesus is frustrated by the people's lack of faith. He isn't able to do much um, work in that town. And he makes the statement that a prophet is never welcome in his hometown. And so then we go down a little bit and we start to see some of the uh, things going on with the apostles. And we also see that John the Baptist in this chapter is imprisoned and beheaded ultimately. Uh, and then we're getting down to um, right before verse 30, we're seeing that um, the disciples have been out doing different missions, um, missionary work for Jesus. And so in verse 30, it picks up and it says this, the apostles who were sent out as missionaries came back and gathered together to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, he being Jesus, as for you, come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For many were continually coming and going, and they had not even the leisure to eat. So what I want to focus on in these two verses was something that was really compelling to me when I looked at uh, the apostles being sent out. Now, of course, I'm not a missionary. I'm not sent out on different journeys into different foreign countries. Some people are. I am just an average Joe, a wife, a mom. I don't work outside of the home. I have children that I take care of. I have the emotional needs of my family. Um, I have, you know, my own journey of healing that I deal with. I have my church life and my Bible study and whatnot. But I, my point being is I'm not super important. I don't have a, a big you know, thing that I have to go and do every day where my other people's lives are dependent on mine. But I still get bogged down with busyness of life and I get bogged down with the stresses of life and anxiety of life. And so regardless of what your position is within your home, regardless of what job you hold, regardless of if you are a janitor or you're a brain surgeon or you're a teacher or you're a lawyer or you're a housewife whatever it may be we get a very clear picture that the apostles were sent out as missionaries and after they were sent out after they did what they were told to do whatever missions they were given whatever places they were told to go to to minister to they came back and what did they come back to they came back together to Jesus they gathered together to Jesus is the exact wording in the Amplified. And not only did they gather together to Jesus, they told him all that they had done and all that they had taught. And Jesus' response to his disciples were, come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest for a while. Because many were continually coming and going. This is the people uh, in the scripture. It's referencing the people that were coming and going for miracles. And, and were recognizing that, you know, Jesus was there and the disciples were there. And they equated healing. They equated, you know, getting over their infirmities, getting their needs met. All of this took place. And so it was always busy. And in the busyness, the apostles got worn out, dried up anxious, stressed, depressed. I'm sure they got all of the things. And so when you're applying this into your daily life or my daily life, what I saw was I saw this petition from Jesus 
that, yes, he does send us out. And although we are not apostles and maybe we feel like we're not important, we are. We're important to Jesus. So it has nothing to do with your title as much as it has to we are all sent out we're sent out to do the work within the circle where we have influence whether it be just our children for a season or a whole corporate environment or many different people as we are in um, the medical field or whatever the legal field wherever we find ourselves Jesus has positioned us there and we are missionaries for the gospel in our little circle or our big circle whatever place of influence and impact he's given us, and he sends us out. But when he sends us out, it's always with the intention that we are going to gather together back to him. And gathering together doesn't necessarily mean in groups as much as it means gather yourself to Jesus, you and Jesus So once you've been out and you've done what you've been called to do, go back and gather to Jesus. And why do we gather to Jesus? Why is that important? Because it's in that community with him that we get filled back up so that we can be poured back out. And that's this important cycle of life. And not only that, let's say that you're in a season of depression. You're in a season where maybe you're not being sent out to influence the world or even your small circle of people for Jesus. What if this is a season where you're being called to hold on? And he still is sending you out because every day you're alive and you wake up and you're breathing, although you may be suffering from a deep depression or a deep confusion. And you wake up and you're being sent out because it's the sent out isn't necessarily referring to as much of a specific place that you're called to go as much as the application is just for our daily lives. If you're alive, if you're breathing, you are sent out. You can't just stay in your bed unless you are an invalid or somebody that is, you know, can't, but a normal person and normal is in with quotations, you are sent out every day that you wake up. There are things and places that you need to do and things you need to do and people you need to meet, etc. And so you are being sent out. And when you're sent out, you come in contact with the stresses of life, the negativity of life, uh, the people of life, the lack, the insecurity. And over time, if you don't come back and gather to the lover of your soul, gather to creator God and not just gather to him and sit there limply, but gather to him and tell him all that you have done and all that you have taught, or maybe you haven't taught. Maybe it's all you have done and all you have felt, all you have thought. The the important part of that verse is that after we go out into the world, we need to gather to Jesus to be filled up. And part of being filled up is our dialogue with Jesus, which in other words is prayer. Prayer can be an intimidating word, but it is just talking to God. And that word all is so important. They told him all they had done, all they had taught. So that includes the negative things that they experienced, the sins that they committed, the dark thoughts that they had, the mistakes that they made, as well as 
the joys and the successes. And so when you go out, we so often go out and we don't come back. And we wonder why we get so overwhelmed. And you may think, well, you just jumped tracks about the, the, the analogy with the depressed person. You're right, I did, so I'll jump back to that. So let's say you're a depressed person, you get up, and you're, you're going out is getting out of bed. And then you get out of bed, and it's like, okay, but I can't do anything else. Then you go back to Jesus. You gather to Jesus, and you talk with him. We picture it as this big, long, drawn-out ordeal, and it doesn't necessarily have to be. It's going back to Jesus. It's being gathered to your comforter. It's being gathered to the, div- the divine physician. It's being gathered to your joy, your security, your provider, your strength, which all of those things, all of your needs are met by Jesus. And so when you feel a deficiency in what you can give, when you feel insufficiency in what you have, when you feel overcome with anxiety, overcome with depression, overcome with with worry, with doubt, with anger, with suicidal thoughts, you go and gather yourself back to Jesus and you tell him, all that's going on and you let him minister to you and then you go back out and you face the next thing however big the next thing may be or however long you can go with you know with not needing it that's what you do and then you come and you gather back to Jesus so this is an important and practical discipline that we as believers need to learn we need to recognize that we need it and we need to see it so that we can start implementing it in our daily lives. Are you overwhelmed? When is the last time you have gathered yourself to Jesus and told him about what's going on? You can tell your friend or your mom or your husband or your boyfriend or your pastor. You can always tell them later. But when have you? when's the last time you've gathered yourself to Jesus? When's the last time you let him hold you? When's the last time you trusted him to meet your needs? We are sent out. We are called to act. We are called to our jobs. We are called to perform. We are called to meet obligations and deadlines and commitments and not to be lazy. We're called to do all of those things, but we are also called to come and gather back to Jesus. That purpose of gathering back to Jesus is for the restoration of, of our spirits and our souls so that we can be filled up so that again we can go back out and be poured out that is the life of a believer needing to be filled up and made sufficient by God's sufficiency so that we can go and do the things that he's called us to do and face the things he's called us to face And the purpose of this is going away by yourselves to a deserted place and resting a while. So there's a precedence in these verses for two different things. I get that there is the, the connotation of a gathering to Jesus in the moment instance of, you know, yes, you can go to Jesus any moment when you feel weak, when you feel a need. In your mind, you can go to Jesus, you can step away and you can be in prayer, you can get reassurance, you can get... Um, that comfort that you need. You can quote the verse. Nothing you're doing can ever stop you from having a moment of intimacy with the Father unless you decide not to have one. 
But then in verse 31, where it talks about come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. This is talking about a whole nother type of going away and gathering to Jesus. And this is talking about um, something a little bit longer than just a moment of intimacy. So this might look like a week's vacation for someone that's done a long stint and they've been given that ability, you know, financially and um, with their job or their family schedule wise to do that. It may look like a good night's sleep. It may look like getting your husband to watch the kids so that you can go uh, to a movie with your girlfriends and take a hot bath. Those going away is doing the physical things that we need to restore our body back to full capacity. So in other words, you can't go and go and go and go and go without being A, spiritually filled up or B, physically filled up. So we have our spiritual bodies that wear out that we often don't take care of. We often take care of our physical bodies better than we do our spiritual bodies, but both are important. Now, I would say that spiritual, in my mind, trumps physical to an extent, but then again, if you don't have a physical body that's being taken care of, you won't have a spiritual one. So I guess they're both mutually very important. You have to take care of yourself, and part of taking care of yourself is being responsible and gathering yourself back to Jesus. Spend time in the Word. Spend time praying. So, Connie, what if I don't feel like it? Do it anyway. We have to learn to not be dictated by our feelings. We have to learn to do things simply because they're the right thing to do and then watch over time our behaviors and our emotions fall in line. Always look at your When you are ever driven to do something, that was bad English, whenever you are driven to do something by purely a feeling, that's a red flag. I know that because I have great expertise in this area. I am the queen of feel it and do it. So I have had quite the extreme lesson in learning that, girl, it doesn't matter if you feel like it. What am I telling you to do? What does scripture say to do? And what is the truth? And so once you knock out all of those things, then your feelings can come in and have some say. So really our feelings are the least important uh, indicator and dictator of what we should do or shouldn't do. And that is even said for good things. It's not just this negative, you know, feelings can only lead you astray if it's something bad and they can lead you astray if it's something good so even if you don't feel like it do it uh what about telling yourself you you tell yourself i just do the best i can no don't say that anymore because when we say i do the best i can we're giving ourselves an excuse we're giving ourselves a back door to say well i did my best And see, the point is, is that we as believers have to realize that we can't ever do anything on our own that's any good. And so if we ever want to make changes, it's our will deciding we're going to do it and that working in tandem with the Holy Spirit to get it done and to bring change. And anytime you try to do something where you're taking care of your spiritual body as you should and you're taking care of your physical body as you should, you can expect pushback. Well, why wouldn't God deliver me from pushback? Friend, why does he have to deliver you from pushback? 
And this isn't just said to you. This is something I've had to wrestle out myself. But again, part of the successful walk as a Christian is that place, that beautiful place of accepting and giving yourself a swift kick in the pants. And the truth is, anything we have is better than what we deserve. And the Lord is not called to deliver us out of everything uncomfortable. We live in a fallen world and we're in a fallen world because humanity chose to sin against God. So sin is a part of this life. And it's a part of this life that we, at the beginning of time, chose to have enter in. We chose to break covenant with God. And so he has offered us a way out of the eternal punishment of sin. But this issue of God and the struggle and God releasing us from the struggle, we just have to get to the point where we are willing to only accept truth over our lives and not go any deeper with that. So I hope some of these little uh, steps have been helpful to you. And I want you to know that in God's, in God's story, in God's place, in God's kingdom, and the Bible even says this, I don't know the, the specific reference, but it talks about God not having favorites. So anytime that you're looking and you're looking at your life and you're saying, well, I'm not doing this, I'm not important, you need to understand that that's a lie. And if it's a lie, then stop feeding it, stop dwelling on it, stop giving it credibility because it's a lie. God says that he so loved the world. The world includes you, that you are important to the Father, that he loves you, that he died for you, that he has made a way for you. So don't overthink and dwell on the fact of how you feel like you don't have importance or um, a place in the kingdom because God says you do. And so you do. It's not up for debate anymore. And that is how you start moving forward. Doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. That deciding, that will in tandem with the Holy Spirit. And then also stopping those lies and taking your thoughts captive. And when you have been out, come back and gather to the Father and let him fill you back up. Let him give you what you need. It is a privilege to talk with you every week both times that I get to do it. I hope that you will share this podcast with your family and friends to keep the momentum going. It's getting out. Its reach is going out further. More people are experiencing the encouragement and the hope of Jesus Christ through this podcast. So I greatly appreciate it. Also, be sure to reach out on the web, things. If you are needing prayer or if you have questions concerns or comments or if you would like to be a guest on the show or know of someone that would be a good guest for this show you can reach out on the contact me page and shoot me an email and I will respond to it also you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at weed seeds and beautiful things and don't forget to send me an email if you are looking for a speaker for your women's events or your youth events. I will be speaking in Bartlesville, Oklahoma on June 10th. So be sure to keep your eyes and ears posted. I'll be posting some updates about that on the web and on Facebook and Instagram as we get closer. Guys, I am so appreciative of your um, listening to this show. And I want to close us out in prayer. 
Father, we just thank you for this time to be together. I just pray that you would be with each and every one of these people that is listening today. Lord, I pray, oh God, that you would provide for all of their needs. And I pray, Lord, if someone is out there right now and they're really hurting, that you would give them a sense that they don't have to figure it out right now. That this little step of discomfort they feel, God, is something that's from you. And that that they should just hold on and wait for you to continue to show yourself to them. Lord, encourage the hurting soul that they don't have to have the answers they're seeking tonight. Help them to lie down and rest and sleep in peace. And Father, if there is someone out here that doesn't know you, I pray that you would give them the courage, the courage to ask the questions and to come to know you. And Lord, I just pray that you would be a light in a sense of security to all of the listeners. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. Guys, I will see you next time, and it is a joy.